Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by TeePublic. Go to tpublic.com slash store slash comic pop and find yourself an amazing t-shirt with a really, really great design on it. Some of those designs are made in-house by us here at Comic Pop, including our Comic Pop logo t-shirt, an Ultron t-shirt, and a Head Crabs from Half-Life t-shirt. They're really, really fun designs. You should check them out. They also don't have tags, the... Sizes are printed on the back of the shirt, so you don't have to worry about that uncomfortable tag stuff. They're really comfortable shirts. I would not shill for these guys if I didn't already have a mess of their shirts that I purchased myself. I like them a lot. Check them out. Go to tpublic.com slash door slash comic pop and find one for yourself. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Elseworlds Classic. Of course, I am your host, Sal, and with me, as always, is my compatriot, my brother-in-arm, Mr. Oh. Col- Mr. Joel, Caped Joel himself. Ah, you're too kind. You're too kind, welcome. sir. Welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to let Joel take point because we're doing another one of those classic old verses. You like those mm-hmm. episodes so much. It's where you take two characters that are kind of similar or have similar attributes or, pa- or pasts or characters or whatever the hell. They have some kind of similarity, and we just... Make them fight and see who uh, see who wins. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> is, it is, is this the first sequel Elseworld Exchange episode we did? Because I remember we did volume one of this, and we were so sure we were going to do another. You called it volume one, so this is volume two of I the thought, I thought we did two of them already. I think this is the third one. I, I think we did the first one, which was kind of like a dry run where we looked at, like, old wizard uh, comic oh, yes. matchups well, that, was... that they did. yeah. That and then fun. took it from there. It wasn't until the sequel episode, which is technically volume one. It's like a Rambo first blood situation yeah, where we actually started matching them up like this. Yeah, we had the 90s heroes versus villains. Uh, and I think we had a, uh, a versus as well besides that. But either way, <laughs> here's another one. We're going to do it up. And uh, yeah, Chad, I know my lighting sucks. I'm sorry. I'm in a bunker out here. Yeah. <laughs> if I could have more light, I would summon up more light. <laughs> Although, hey, my back wall is more interesting than it usually is. There's actually some art up on this one. Yeah, you got a flower and everything. I got a pretty flower. I think that's what they call production design in the biz. You know, production values I got here on this set. Yeah, regrettably not terribly relevant, but still at least it's yeah. it's fun. It looks nice. <sighs> Let me just, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess what we're going to do here is, you know, I'm just going to pick something from my big, long list of combatants, and then Sal and I are going to talk this one out on who Oops. we think we're going to win. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I guess because you made it the cover for this one, and I don't know why <laughs> this uh, matchup hit me so hard like it did, but Sam Alexander Nova versus Jaime Reyes the Blue Beetle. Yeah, you got two youthful reimaginings of classic characters. They're not uh, top tier. I think that's not telling tales out of school. I think you can say that Nova was not like of an Avenger level character, mm. nor was the Blue Beetle, even though he was for many for many many years a Justice League yeah. level character. Um, it's true that they're both legacy characters, but even like their original part of their legacy wouldn't even be higher tier. Exactly, like they replaced third tier level heroes, which is. Kind of sad, but also kind of cool because uh, those characters all have very fierce, loyal 
uh, fans. Oh, yeah. Attached and with good reason, too. Oh, yeah. No, Richard Ryder uh, Nova has a rich history that was only, like, the cherry on top, of course, is his whole contribution to Annihilation. And you oh, got yeah. uh, Ted Cord Blue Beetle, who was awesome all the way up until his assassination. And his assassination kicked uh, off a huge uh, era of DC. It's Absolutely. Like, it's actually funny. Ted Cord's uh, deaths or, um, or near deaths have both twice kicked off eras in dc's history uh doomsday, doomsday beat ted cord into a coma and that ushered in like the <laughs> oh. new hyper violent event uh sensationalist era of modern comics and then of course ted cord's assassination ushered in like the super violent infinite crisis era level of dc mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there you go we i like we always talk about that one with faust you know the assassination of Ted Cord and Faust was like, why did he let him do that? And I'm like, well, I think it has something to do with, you know, uh, Steve Ditko, the character's original creator and his objectivist uh, inspirations and motivations. You know, he would be the sort of guy to be like, no, I'm not even going to lie and pretend to follow you around. Uh, right. The Maxwell Lord, it was Maxwell Lord who yes. killed him. He's like, I'm not even going to pretend. So you might as well just shoot me now. I was like, done, Path. Yeah. He's like, well, shit, I didn't think he'd actually do it. Yeah. Oh. And then, you know, we had Jaime, who was very cool and very happening, had an amazing short-lived run. He's back now in the comics, due mostly to fan demand. But they've changed him around. He's not science fiction anymore. He's magic. Magic sci-fi. He's like like a magic version of the Giver or Mantis. Nice. Nice pull. (laughs) Nice pull. And Nova, of course, he has a helmet like Richard Ryder, but it's a different helmet. It's a black helmet. It doesn't have all the same rules and restrictions that the other Novas had to put up with. He's kind of learning his powers and everything. Not only that, but they're both, neither of their replacements are related in any way to the original character. They're not their sons or their nephews or anything like that. It's just Jaime is a a kid who, who got a scarab. Sam is just a kid who found a helmet. Yeah, you're right. I never thought of it that way. Huh. That's yeah. very interesting. They're, they're both oh. their own character and wind up inheriting a legacy regardless. It's kind of cool. What's what's funny about Sam is he's kind of like, you know, fighting for his place right now within the Marvel pantheon, within Champions. And I like there was a great bit in the last issue where they're all talking about their achievements. And, of course, Amadeus Cho and Kamala Khan and Miles and Morales, they're all geniuses. They're all yeah. really smart kids who do really well in school. Well, Sam is kind of a slacker, not really by choice, but because, you know, he's helping to support his family and looking after his young sibling and everything. And I kind of like this idea that he feels dumb when compared next to them. Yeah, although I, I I would take umbrage with the idea that Miles Morales is a genius. I think Miles is a good student. Like he knows how to study and he knows how to do something, but he's not like inventing his own web fluid. When he runs out, he's got to call Nick Fury. True. Like he doesn't have any more web fluid. Like yeah, well, he's he's got his buddy doing it for him. Gank, exactly, Genki's closer him. to being an inte- like a, a a genius than Miles. And even then, like I I think that Miles. One of the things I like most about Miles is the fact that he's kind of like. A, a kid who's just he's like, making it up as he goes along yeah who's just trying hard I, I would almost pit Miles Morales versus Jaime Reyes except for the fact that like I think there are more parallels between young Sam Alexander and young Jaime um, definitely that said you know you got two pre-rebirth outer space characters mm. that are also young and kind of learning the ropes it's a great matchup it's a matchup that I would not expect that, that I would not be surprised to see in any Marvel DC lineup, except for the fact that it probably wouldn't sell books. Yeah, I mean, I guess let's look at this one from the powers that they share. They can both fly, they can both breathe in space, mm-hmm. 
They both have energy projection, so they can both shoot stuff at each other. That's pretty good. They're both fast. Not, like, Flash-level fast, but they're both... Like, you got the human rocket versus, uh, like, insect-esque uh, uh, speed. Yeah. I would say, uh, occasionally, Jaime is not entirely in control of his abilities. Sometimes the Scarab will take over, and mm. it seems like he's fighting his own costume as much as he's fighting whoever he's battling. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess, to, to look at their power levels, I, I, I'm not as familiar with how powered up the, the Scarab is for the Blue Beetle, but... Off the top of my head, I would say probably Nova's more powerful, but uh, I'll, mm. I'll defer to your wisdom. It's it's also one of those situations, like, if Jaime is getting his ass royally beat, the Scarab will, like, basically uh, take over, essentially, and be like, okay, for self-preservation purposes, I'm in full control now. I'm assuming full control to save us both. Okay. Is it sentient? Yeah, yes. In mo again, I haven't kept up with the newest one recently where they've said it's magic, but yes, the Scarab is sentient. It's alive. It's worried about protecting itself, and also it's not worried about saving people is the thing, too. The Scarab will kill a motherfucker if it has to. Now, uh, as much as I enjoyed the original Nova run, I'm not as big of a, of a fan, although Sam has done everything he can to make me want to like him. It's true. Uh, I liked the like post-annihilation, like... Nova Corps talking in your head, teaching Rich what to do, and giving them accumulated knowledge and experiences of the Nova Corps. The the Alexander Helmet does not do that. No, he's uh, he's more out there. Mm -hmm. So, for that, you don't have a comparable nature there. I think that the Scarab probably edges out uh, Nova on like experience, fight tactics, and self preservation. Just if you if you back Blue Beetle into a corner, he will probably get himself out of it based on the experience of the Scarab. And the Scarab can adapt to and be like, okay, do you need blades for this situation? Well, I can turn your arms into blades. Do you need a bigger gun for this situation? I can turn into a bigger gun. This sounds like Warrior, which he, is Guy Gardner's crappy alien persona. <laughs> with, with an ugly costume, man. That's got to be an episode, too. The worst, ugliest costumes. Because I put, I put Warrior up there, and I put Captain America Nomad right up there together in the uh, two I hate. 90s Thor with his gambit mask. Oh, God, yeah, and his, like, armored halter top. That that was the worst. It, it, all you need to do, if you ever want to see, like, the worst versions of costumes or the worst versions of characters, just pick up the the, the DC versus Marvel series. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Hawkeye would be on that list a couple times when he's had a couple stinkers, hasn't he? He's He, he has had more terrible costumes than good ones. And he has had a couple good ones, too. I mean, hell, I would have kept wearing the Ronin costume. That costume was sick as hell. It is, but you know what? Like, give it to somebody who's actually a character. Like, <laughs> the longer that Hawkeye was Ronin, the less he was Hawkeye. But it's, it's true. you know, you, if, you, if you can sell Hawkeye books and Ronin books, for God's sake, split the difference. I, I like his costume now because it's so simple. It's just like, hey, shirt, tactical pants, just me hanging out. Yeah, that's that's the uh, the move of movieification I think of. Oh, definitely. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I guess with the adaptability of Blue Beetle and the kind of like dim-witted nature of Sam Alexander, or maybe like the just total lack of experience, I got to give it up to, to Blue Beetle. 
Yeah, I think Jaime, weirdly, again, because with comic books sliding timescale, it's hard to keep in perspective. I think he's been doing it longer. I think he's a little bit better at this than Sam is right now. And I think, too, Blue Beetle's no slouch in fighting some huge intergalactic threats and everything. So I think he would kind of be used to fighting guys in and around Sam's power level and ability set. Yeah, I think the, the one that pushes over the edge for me is Mentors. Whereas mm. Sam has had a bunch of superheroes who all fight over the like lamest possible excuse, uh, Blue Beetles had the Justice League. Yeah, I mean I love the Avengers, but like if you could get them to sit down for two goddamn minutes and teach you <laughs> something, you would be a damn genius. Like you, they should send you to the Middle East and broker peace deals. But like, and I mean, uh, had Blue Beetles had the Justice League helping him, and he has Ted just recently. That's probably one of the coolest. But he's got Ted. Things. Like he has an OG Blue Beetle who's teaching him the ropes, whereas Nova still waiting for Rich to show up. <laughs> and Ted too can be like, "Look, kid, I was doing this the hard way. I didn't even have magic or alien scarabs helping me out. Yeah. I just had this big flying ship and my big genius brain." He's literally friendly Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's oh my god. He, Blue Beetle is so friendly, Batman. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, he's Batman if he's like, hey, come on, sit down and have some lemonade. Yeah, if Batman, if a if a key, if a lightning bug flew through the window of Tom of Thomas Wayne's study, it's like, ooh, that's pretty. Man, what what other animals could have come flying through? What if a possum flew through the window? Well, geez, I guess I'm possum man now. Yeah. I mean, thanks, Dad. We know an owl definitely threw one through flew through one of those windows. At least one. But uh, but yeah, so you got uh, the first the first title bout is uh, is Blue Beetle versus uh, Nova. Sam, but yeah. And I think it goes to Blue Beetle. DC wins this one. Ding 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 ding. For people keeping score at home, that's one. That's right. Now, uh, from the outer space level, I think let's let, let's bring it down a little bit. Let's bring it down to Earth and to kind of the more street level. Mm -hmm. And here's an interesting match. I don't think this one was on the list. I think this was one I added later, but I thought it was one that made a lot of sense. Batwoman. Okay. Kate Kane. Kate Kane, yep. The one who everyone is loving right now in Detective Comics, the one who's going to be getting her own book very soon and with good reason. Oh, the third one, huh? Third book she's yeah. gotten so far? Poor woman. <laughs> Poor character. Yeah, I know, right? Well, but this one might stick, though. Good. This one might actually stick around. <laughs> Versus Black Widow. Mm. That one's tough. <clears throat> I think I gotta give it to Natasha, just because she is the deadliest woman in the world. I don't care how much training you have. If you're trained by... Be you know, she's not, like... Kate has not been trained by Batman until most until very recently. She was trained by the military, though, which I like. So we got two characters with military backgrounds and beautiful red hair going at it in yeah, this battle. Yeah, but Kate's never been to the Red Room. Mm, the Red Room's <laughs> pretty harsh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think Wid I, I think that as much of a Night Stalker creature of the of the darkness, Kate Kane, Batwoman is. Uh, I think she would swoop from a from a rooftop, land on a convenient landing, and then be assassinated. Just, mm. just paf! She wouldn't even know it was coming. Romanoff does not screw around, does she? And unlike the Bat family, who's like, you know, we do not kill, we do not cross that line. Yeah. As with most Avengers, like, I'll waste a fool if I gotta. Now that said, uh, I think that uh, Kane doesn't have as she she thinks of it as more of a guideline than a rule as far as killing people is concerned but she's well she again with a military background she would definitely she's like oh no i pushed you off by accident yeah she's like well yeah but like last time i checked having a rogues gallery is real pain in the ass it might sell books yeah. but i don't know that push i mean <laughs> yeah. technically i didn't kill you the ground killed you <laughs> exactly 
Um, they're both uh, acrobatic. They're both have amazing skills and uh, and and uh, agility. But uh, does Batwoman have better toys though? I think she might actually have you know more interesting gadgets no than question. Black Widow does. Oh yeah, no. Uh, her, as far as arsenals are concerned, while Widow might have her wrist-mounted guns or her uh, any any number of additional like tactical armaments that would normally accompany Black Widow on a mission. Uh, Widow, uh, a woman, Black, Batwoman has the bat arsenal. She's got batarang, she's got smoke yeah. pills, she's got gas grenades, she's got thermite, she's got everything. At the end of the day, a bullet to the back of the head is a bullet to the back of the head. I, I thought this was an interesting matchup because, you know, when you follow Batwoman's, you know, kind of trajectory in the comics, it was her father helping her out who was kind of like her Alfred to try and make her like the perfect soldier, the perfect warrior for world peace. I think in many ways he would much rather have Natasha Romanoff as a daughter because, well, Batwoman's like, you know, no, nah, I'm not going to go on your crazy kill spree, Dad. Yeah. Now, that if you were to put uh, Batwoman versus Punisher, I think I might tip the scales a little closer to Batwoman. Mm. Because Frank is, they're they're both of military backgrounds, but but Frank just has fewer, like less stuff, mm. whereas Black Widow has shield tech, which I think is on. It, it, maybe it's not on par with the bat tech, but it's still. I think it. I think it's pretty much toe to toe with bat tech. You would hope so. Yeah, I mean, like shield has everything you can think of. It's it's James Bond to the tenth power. So I mean, like I I think that I think that Widow's got this one. As, as someone brought up in the chat, interestingly, saying, hey, Black Widow is part of the Avengers. Batwoman is good, but she's not on the Justice League, is she? Yeah. So if it comes down to an experience thing, I'm like, ooh, that's harsh, but that's true. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's just, I, I think that's politics. I feel bad for Batwoman. She should be leading, or at least headlining, some major team. I mean, she is leading the Bat family team. That now. ain't it's a team. <laughs> That's, when will it be a team? When they title a book, The Bat Family. Really? So as long as it's Detective Comics, you're not about it. They're not the Detective I don't think team. so. I think, I mean, like, Detective Comics, that's just, that's just the cast. Like, that's not a team. They might be a team, but, like, it's Team Batman. Like, it's Batman's, right. it, they, they just work for Batman. It's more or less like sidekicks all just hanging out. Bat uh, Batman Inc. is more of a team for you then than the Detective Comics team we're dealing with because at least Batman Inc. or you know well, Batman, Batman Inc. is funny. They don't even they, well they do cross over but not all the time. They're not. It's not like he's like okay Bat Family let's get together and then like all the Batman he has collected over a period of, <laughs> of of continents just all come together and fight evil. No, they are they're all inf implementing Bat Justice throughout the world. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that cat uh, no I. You, Batwoman with a bunch of bat characters, that's also just kind of like whatever. That's 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 just a typical day in Gotham. I want to see mm. Batwoman with like Catwoman and like Black Canary and like freaking Matt Martian Manhunter. Like bringing her expertise to like a, a group of people who, you know, might be wary of adding Batman to their mm. team but might be more willing to be like, "Oh, well you seem to like have a better have a clearer head <laughs> than the fucking lunatic that we have to d deal with on a regular basis." I, I didn't read the Mark Andreco years, but I actually do believe Batwoman was leading a team at that point of like, and I think the chat's agreeing with me here too, of uh, like magical heroes, like okay. Ragman was on there and some other people. All right, that's cool. That's that's a cool team. I, oh, man. Oh, just put her it on was, Justice League Dark. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? She kind of fits there. What with her porcelain skin 
and crimson red hair, she is a little, uh, what is it, supernatural looking, if nothing else. Well, and her book was always very supernatural leaning. Um, mm. her book, with the crime Bible and all that other stuff, yeah. Her first book always struck me as like, God, if only this was a Vertigo book. Uh, so. Elegy is the one we're thinking of, right, where she fought uh, Alice, that character who was all, like, very messed up. And, yeah, and there was monsters in that, too, wasn't there? were monsters! There? It's cool! No, it's, yeah, she is a supernatural-based right. character. That said, I still gotta say, Natasha's gonna, gonna just two in the back of the head. Just gonna be pap-pap, that's the end of it. Yeah, sad, sad but true. But, yeah, okay, we'll give that one to Natasha while we're at yeah. it. But, uh, but, yeah, no, but I respect the shit out of Kathy Kane. I, I think her time is coming, even though... I think her best books are behind her. Like, I think her solo books were great, and then people just kind of, like, went, well, what if we soften it a little bit? Like, people are loving Batwoman in in uh, Bombshells, but, like, she's still dulled. She's not, mm. she's not like, this supernatural Vertigo-esque character like she had been. You know, we yeah. all, we, 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 we like, this is, it, it, she is one of those typical cases of, stop drilling, you hit oil. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I'm excited for the Marguerite Bennett book. I think if anyone can make that character sing and maybe have that book stick around, it would be her. She wrote Bombshells. She's the yeah, one who exactly. gave everybody the, the Batwoman that everybody wants. So there you have it. Yeah, here's uh, here's hoping she can, she can do the thing. Uh, now what's another good one here? We can pull out something kind of interesting. Hmm, 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 hmm. Uh, oh, here's one. This one, this one might either be really short, or we might have a good discussion on this one. I'm not quite sure yet. But let's go with Lobo, the main man. Uh huh. Versus, and I had a different guy on here, but I'm going to make a substitution after reading uh, Thanos number one today. Oh. Versus Champion of the Universe. Wow, that is a deep cut. <laughs> I know, right? Super deep. Who was Champion originally? of the Universe? It was going to be Bullfunga the Unrelenting, who is the bounty hunter of Green Lantern lore. Right. But I figured there's more written about Champion of the Universe than Bullfunga. I mean, I didn't get a chance to read Thanos one number one yet. I am familiar with Champion a little bit, in as much as I remember him. <laughs> he, he, he's Space Macho Man, is what he is. For anyone who ever watched that Dexter's Lab bit with Dial M for Monkey and oh, Rasslore, yeah. that's literally who he is. That's all he ever did. Mm. Hmm. I challenge all the Earth's Mightiest Heroes to a wrestling match, and I will beat you all because I'm the champion of the universe. Yeah. The question is, uh, does the champion of the universe cheat, and is he a murderer? Because if he is only one of those two things, then Lobo's got him beat. Uh, I think he will kill Champion of the Universe, but I think by and large he doesn't cheat. I think he's l like all of the Elders of the Universe, like the Guardian, like the Collector. Yeah. He is immortal so long as he keeps up with the hobby for which he is named after. Ooh, the other question is, is which Lobo are you choosing? Oh, well, obviously we got to go with the one and only main man, not the new 52 one who they tried to launch then quickly got rid of. Yeah, and then turned into, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's the weird bit, too, because, I mean, they're kind of one in the same now, but whatever. Yeah, it, it's funny, uh, as a as a, as a a young lad, when I read Lobo, number one, I always considered Lobo to be a pain in the ass, but number two, um, you know, I was always waiting for somebody to kick his ass and show him, like, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> like the business end of, of his bullshit, but uh, Lobo is unkillable. Champion's arguably unkillable, too, so long as he keeps fighting. This is like one of those battles that could rage on forever. That's true. Uh, however, Lobo is so unkillable, he's not allowed in the afterlife. Right. So, technically, 
as like I mean, and and the fact is, like, if if uh, if the if the rulers of hell are like, get the fuck out of here, Lobo, <laughs> in the DC universe, it stands to reason that Death herself would probably eject Lobo from the afterlife as well if Champion were to kill him. But you gotta remember too, Champion has had like the Power Stone, and he's also been able to defeat guys like Drax and Silver Surfer. Even I would say Lobo could probably go toe to toe with either of those characters as well, though. But Lobo versus Drax would be a cool fight. I, again, yes. I might have to edge out Surfer on that. Although I actually have Drax for another interesting fight. Yeah, I know, here. I know. I'm just, yeah, let's hang on to Drax. But that is a good matchup. I think just, I mean, like, it's one of those things, like, if you remember DC versus Marvel, Wolverine beat Lobo just because Wolverine's popularity pushed Lobo out of, yeah. the, out of the running. Um, but that said, I think Lobo is legit. The fact that, that you have to put a caveat, like, as long as Champion does X... Lobo will lose. Right. Lobo is like Blood Wolf. He is a <laughs> a, a Mary C- or a Marty Stew type character who just cannot be Mary beaten Stew. and is always awesome. Um, I think that uh, it would be a fun fight. Uh, and I think that Lobo is also tough and smart enough to be like, okay, so you can't lose unless you stop fighting. Then I will start hurling insults at you. Well, that's the thing, too. Champion, and this is why I want to see this fight, because Champion, again, he's a big space wrestler. He's a trash talker as well. He'd that's be cutting true. promos on Lobo. Okay, that's and, fair. Let me tell you, Mr. Zarnian, sir. That I would like to see, okay? Because especially be if hilarious, because he's kind of a funny character, too. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. I like that idea. Um, especially if you put it in, in the context of, like, we're watching a WWE, like, matchup, like... Okay, yeah. Uh, I think that Lobo with would... special guest uh, commentator Televir Talon, the collector. <laughs> now, what do you think, sir, about yeah. this match? I, I think that Lobo would cheat. I think that he'd be fighting champion, and then all of a sudden he'd whistle, and his bike would come out and just hit him in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheating would be a thing because I don't think, like, even champion. He's been shown as an antagonist, but like most of the elders of the universe, he's not really a bad guy. No, he's just a force unquote. of nature. He exists in the world. Like, without him, you can't have X. Like, yeah. I think that would be one of those things where it's like, and the battle raged on for like 20 millennia and they're still fighting to this day. That's the thing is that people like you would lose countless lives and dozens of worlds. Um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, while Champion might be murdered by Lobo, I think that Lobo would get sick of the fight sooner. Yeah, he would. He'd get bored and quit. Because Champion would be emboldened by it. He'd just be like, this is the greatest fight I've ever been in. Like, this is amazing. Like, think of the ratings. You know, it's that kind of thing. If Mojo were to take both those characters and put them oh on Mojo my. World and make them fight. Number Dude, one. We're, we're writing a fuck of a story that's right a book. here. Right? That's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a single issue. It would sell not as much as anything else. But, like, if DC Marvel ever do a crossover, we got to pitch that. Mojo picks up those two characters, makes them fight. Lobo versus Champion, one night only, Battle Mania. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. If, in that context, they would probably te- like they would team up. They would beat the shit out of Lo- out of Mojo, and then Lobo would like stab Champion in the back of the neck with a chain. <laughs> He'd be like, "Well, you know, it was sure fun tagging with you, exactly. brother." Exactly. Oh God, no. Why? Uh, we were friends. He's like, "I got no <laughs> friends. I'm a total dick." No friends, bastard. You crazy bastard. <laughs> yeah. What is a bastitch, anyway? Fuck you. It's great is what it is. It's swearing without swearing. Yeah, it's both words. We got both. <laughs> anyway. 
It's all in there. So yeah, I think that whoever wins, I think that whoever loses, we win. Either way, I think it's that... a sick, it's a sick ass fight. We can all agree. Agreed. Agreed. Now, uh, now here's one for you, and it's very timely given what's you know been happening in movies and everything else. There, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. v Doctor Fate. Mm. I'm giving it to Strange. Are you now? I know that Fate is incredibly powerful, although it's a question about who Fate is right now. Like you had younger Fate, then you have new, then you have real Fate show up. Yeah, it's Fate's it, really no one currently. I hate to say this because like I don't, I normally would be like, okay, let's use our vast knowledge and and, and experiences to put these two together. Strange is overall better. You think? Well, I mean, he's definitely been involved in more. I'll give you that much. Like, Fate shows up whenever there's cool magic stuff in the DC universe, but then he'll always just fade into the background again. I will. I will give you this. Fate is a really awesome design. Hell yeah, he is. I love Fate. I think he looks cool. I think that if you put him next to Strange, though, no. Uh, when they did that crossover and they did the amalgam and they had Doctor Strange Fate. It was literally the best of both worlds because you got Doctor Strange and everything you like about him, plus a sweet rad helmet. <laughs> Helmets are cool. I think ultimately, like, here's the thing. Doctor Strange has been willing to sell his soul for godhood to destroy worlds. Yeah. And Doctor Fate is a chump in a helmet. Y- also, it's like the thing, too, where it's like, you know, under the helmet... He's just an old dude. He's just Dr. an old dude. Fate. Yeah, he uses magic to like he's like Doctor Strange has been physically trained by Wong to battle, whereas yeah, Doctor like, Fate would be like, "Oh, I'll throw an onk at you." Like whatever. Well, one guy can actually brawl. One guy not so much. You also run into that situation where magic in the Marvel universe has rules. Is the thing. Mm. And it's defined. In the DC Universe, not so much. In the no. DC Universe, magic is whatever we say it is this week. Well, and uh, if you, uh, I, will, I will pull my Avengers JLA crossover. When they brought Wanda into the DC Universe and she tapped into chaos magic, she was infinitely more powerful. But mm. also more corruptible and more susceptible to control. And as such, I think that while Doctor Strange might... Uh, Doctor Strange also is not above breaking said rules of the ma- no, <laughs> of magic. No, no, he's he's gotten dirt on him many a time. Yeah, I think that if if it were in the Marvel universe, Strange would win, and I think if it was in the DC universe, Fate would have an advantage. But Strange would discover something and be like, "Oh, it, oh, never mind," and just drop science on him. It would just be it would be nuts. It would be an it awesome be- fight if they got somebody who actually like knew anything about Doctor Fate and like tried, but. I think there would be some. I think there'd be some blood spilt in the real world if they were like, "Yeah, no, Doctor Fate wins." <laughs> At least we're using the good, proper Kent Nelson version of Doctor Fate, oh, we're not and using... not the lame '90s version of him, just called Fate, where he had the onk tattoo on his face. But we're also not going to go with like Midnight Suns Doctor Strange, where he's wearing like a Spawn mask. And... <laughs> nice. <laughs> or uh, or the Eye Patch Doctor Strange from also. What we're saying is all magical characters went through very edgy phases. They did, because it was like, because magic is silly, and like, it's hard to sell that to like, uh, Levi's shades wearing, tops card collecting <laughs> badasses in seventh grade. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I give it to Strange. Okay, I mean, definitely now, I, I you know, if we had done this a couple years ago... I might have fought a little harder for fate on this one, but it's hard not to say Doctor Strange in the here and now, right oh, now. Oh, yeah. 
I would have I would have uh, fought for Doctor Strange ten years ago too, though. I'd have been like, yeah, no, he's way cooler. <laughs> Uh, keeping on the multimedia thing, here's one for you. Vixen, again, very popular. She has an animated thing going on. I think it's really dumb that they chop her one episode seasons up into five-minute segments. Just cheaper. They're just like, save money. She's she's big on Legends right now, but it's not the Mari McCabe version they set up. It's a completely different actress because the other actress couldn't commit to a TV show. It's weird. What?! <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? They spent all this time getting her up to speed on other shows only to not use her in Legends, the show that the Vixen character is the most in. Hmm, weird. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. Versus White Tiger. Oh, yeah. Because they both have magic amulets that give them animal powers. Yes. The question is, um, how many animals does White Tiger get? Because as I understand it, Vixen gets them all. She gets them all, but here's the thing, and I thought very hard on this battle. Vixen can only summon them once at a time. Right. She can't, well, yeah, that makes sense. Can White Tiger combine animals? I didn't think she could. Yeah, she's she's just the tiger powers and all the amazing martial arts and being an FBI yeah. agent and all stuff she can do. But you gotta figure, White Tiger has spent more time mastering White Tiger power Yes. Well, for Vixen, it's like, you know, strength of an elephant, charge of a ram. She's got to, like, do it every time. Exactly. Does the, It's the a question, matter of who's quicker. Yeah, for me, the question is, how much training outside of her powers has Vixen received? If she is also a skilled warrior, and she can, like, implement, like, she can factor the animal powers into her attacks. Like, let's say that she is uh was was like trained under a kung fu master and she can like bust a board from only like an inch away right yeah. and in most she... versions of her story she's like a fashion designer from detroit that, exactly so. as i understood it she was just a layman who also had cool powers but like is she like what i'm saying is if she were like a, a mystically trained badass who could like break a board from like within like from only an inch away and then she were to focus that energy and that like talent into the power of an elephant it's like she could augment that which she already knew. I think White Tiger's got her beat just because at the end of the day, White Tiger is cunning and intelligent and powerful at the same time. She can and, use And even out of the costume, she's an FBI agent and you know, mm -hmm. she has like a lot of stuff going for, her, like a lot of training and a lot of badassery before she even put the necklace on. Right. Uh yeah. And, and as the chat is saying, too, like, that's not just any white tiger power she has. That's, like, the power of a tiger god that right. she has. The, yeah, she doesn't... It's just regular animals given to her by some African gods. Yes, which is cool, admittedly. Uh, no, I think white tiger's got this one. Just, again, like, you know, so for me... You know, as a Batman, as an old school Batman fan, it's like powers mean nothing when you have skill at your side. <laughs> like it's it's definitely one of those things where Vixen can do more, but White Tiger can do what she does better. Yes, she's the best there is at what she does. And but what she does Wolverine. is being, <laughs> and what she is is being a White Tiger. How cool is White Tiger's costume too? Oh, can we so talk cool. about that? I love White. I've always loved White Tiger's costume. It's a great design, and it's funny. There was a guy White Tiger before her, her uncle, but no one remembers her uncle because she's so much cooler looking. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I remember the uncle, but I don't care. I was always, I was always captivated by the White Tiger female costume. I just liked the, it. The best story about the uncle was the story they kill him in, which was when an issue of <laughs> Daredevil, where he's wrongly accused of a crime and put on trial, and Daredevil has to defend him. That's funny. Like and then that. he ends up killing himself as a fallout of that story, and so the necklace falls to the knees, and Daredevil, feeling bad, kind of takes some time out to try and train her in the ways of being a superhero. Oh, nice. I like that. 
It's a great story. It's I think it was it was Bendis era. Yeah, it was like after Murdoch Papers, before the Golden oh, Age. Or no, it, it was the Golden Age. That's shit. I, I did not remember that. Hmm. Good shit. It's a good. It's probably my favorite Daredevil story ever. Actually, the Golden Age. Wow. And the B story in that story is her becoming White Tiger for the first time. There you go. Yeah, it's good shit. Yeah. Boom. Uh, moving on from oh, there. Oh, what's the score so far? I think it's two Marvel, one DC. Mm. Yeah. Or no, okay. wait, we gave it to Lobo, so it's. I, th- I think it's matched up a piece of piece. Yeah, it's we're two two now. I think. Okay, cool. Two one two. Nice. Wow. Two two. Nice. See, Chad, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to keep track of this so we don't have to. Yeah. So we're 2-2 two, two in this one, moved into a next one. Okay, we've done street level. We've done space level. We've done some TV-centric stuff. We've done some magic-centric yeah. stuff. I like Tristan mm-hmm. in the chat. He's like, Bendis? You mean the writer Bendis? Yeah, I mean Bendis. Are you sure it was Bendis? Yeah, Bendis. Bendis, the guy who writes Spider-Man Bendis? Bendis, Bendis. Okay, Bendis. I thought it was Bendis. I wasn't sure. Thank you. That was a little sample of Bendis dialogue. <laughs> no, Bendis, my milkman Bendis. Oh, I love that guy. He's a good guy. He always leaves extra milk. Uh, oh, here's one for you. Here's an oldie but a goodie. Here's one that I'm sure comic fans have debated endlessly forever. And again, it makes sense because both these guys are featured in books again. Mm-hmm. Sandman from mm-hmm. Spider-Man okay. versus Clayface. Clayface. Just Clayface wins straight well, up? Here's the thing, actually. It's not tr- I, I, won't go, I won't go that far. No, no. You know what? I'm going to give it to Baker. Uh, Sandman, well, okay. Okay. It depends on which which Clayface you're going for. Let's let's go with the current one. Let's just say Basil, Basil Carlo. Carlo. Yeah. Basil is being trained by Batman. Right Sand- now he is. Sandman was an Avenger. Yeah, which is hard to believe. So, and I think that while Clayface can impersonate people, Sandman can get anywhere. He sure can. Um, and depending on how much sand he's able to absorb, it's not like Clayface can absorb more clay and become stronger. No. Sandman can become a huge giant if there's just enough sand near him. Exactly. Um, and while Sandman has been defeated by a vacuum cleaner. Yes, and water. They, and he hates water. water. Yeah, he hates water. Um, but but I think Clayface also doesn't really work very well in water either. So No, they've written versions where they're like, oh, well, I got a shot of something, or I learned to keep my form in water. Most recently in uh, Monster Men, Clayface was like, I'm holding together, but it's hard. It's hard to do yeah. it in the rain. And you're like, okay. I'm strained, but I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm going to give it to Sandman. I think Sandman has more... Uh, has, I think just Sandman is, can... Sandman has more opportunity to be more powerful. Sandman it's, can it's also Yeah. It's also one of those situations too where it's like Sandman is a goddamn elemental if he was only smart enough to realize what that means. Yeah, and I mean Sandman worked for the wild uh, the I think it's the Wild Pack. Oh he really? Was, yeah, and he was like so he's been like an assassin, he has been a an Avenger, he's been a villain, like he's he's run the gamut as far as um you know, training and 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 team based uh, activity. Like the dudes learned from a lot of different sources. Is my point. And whereas Clayface has only recently ever been given an opportunity to like team up with anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say Clayface is a badass and is really really powerful and can oh, be yeah. more powerful as he goes. But like, I think Sandman has the experience and the the versatility to to edge out uh, uh, Carlo. 
both uh, both have had really great versions and animations too. What I thought oh, made yeah. this a great fight as well is that they're both kind of sympathetic, aren't they? Like you feel bad for Sandman. He's such a schlub. He just wants his big scoring to be done. And Basil Carlo is literally, the, you know, I'm not a monster. Yes. No, I, I love those versions. I, I mean, I like uh, poor Sandman. Just sometimes he's he's trying to take do right by like his daughter or whatever. Sometimes he's like... You know, they. I, I try to get out, and they pull me back in. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. He's he's an interesting character. I like those guys. Um, I, I like both those characters. They have a lot of pathos. Uh, no matter wh- you know whoever you're dealing with, you get you get some really terrific stories with a talented writer with either of them. One of one of my favorite new Sandman moments ever has to be in that issue of Renew Your Vows in the backup where Spider Man's running late and he's like, "Hey, Sandman, uh, watch my daughter for a second while yeah. I go do this." <laughs> and Sandman's like, "Okay." Yeah, I like that. I was like, in that one, I'm like, does Sa- is was Sandman being a bad guy? I don't. Yeah, I know, right? Because if like there's any villain you could trust to watch your kid, it would be Sandman. It would be Sandman, <laughs> yeah. And he's just making sand castles and stuff for, and they're doing like the tangled castle. No, a better brain. Okay. Yeah, that was solid. See, that's what he needs to do. No more of this bank robbing thing. He needs to open up Sandman Sandcastle Paradise yeah. where you can drop off your kids for the day. And he just uses his amazing powers to entertain. <laughs> Seriously. I Yeah. I love Sandman. He could be oh. the next Chuck E. Cheese mo- mogul if he played that right. As long as and Sandman is not in any Spider-Man movies, I, I love him. Ugh. And even then, wasn't that sad? Because what was it like? Thomas Hayden Church freaking looked like the guy from the comics. Really did it? nailed the look, but it was like, why? I remember since Spider-Man One, Tobey Maguire was like, "I'd love to see the Sandman," and I'm like, "Well, good thing you're just Toby fucking Maguire, and nobody listens to you because Sandman <laughs> would be a waste of time." And sure enough, he was such a waste of time. They were like that. Aviar it's like, "We got to get the, the we got to get the Venom in movie three. Fuck you." Fuck you both. My, my family, my family, they're all oh, blown away in the sand. Oh, my daughter's sick and I gotta do something about it. <laughs> what about all the crimes he's already committed? Are you not gonna arrest him for the crimes he already committed? No, no, okay. No, I, uh, I did, I spent a good several weeks cutting, like, my epic Spider-Man 2, and in it, I, like, I just, I just stick the opening Sandman fight into the movie. I think I opened the movie with a Sandman fight. Nice. So it's because it's like, no, Sandman can be in the beginning where he fights Sandman and Sandman gets away and Spider-Man's like, where do these guys come from? And then he fights a real villain like Dr. Octopus. There you go. But yeah, uh, that's that that was the only part of the movie that was worth it. Worth a damn was was Sandman fighting Spider-Man in that armored truck. I'm like, this is cool. It was. So we're four or five Marvel now heading into it. And the people in the chat are demanding a stretchy hero fight, and there's oh so many great stretchy heroes, yeah, aren't there? Yeah, you do the Elongated Man versus Mr. Fantastic. You could do Plastic Man against the Impossible Man. You could... <laughs> I, I, I'm going to blow your mind, though, and go one different. Eel O'Brien the Plastic Man mm-hmm. versus Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Oh, that's a good one. Definitely Pla- Plastic Man destroys her. You think so? Because, like, here's the thing. I think Kamal is a lot smarter than Eel. And plus, she can make herself big and small. She can do a lot of stuff he can't. Mm. That's true. Like, like, Eel is good and he's dirty, but is he, like, dirty enough to be like, oh, I'm going to punch this teenager in the face? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would. That's why it'd be a great fight. It would be a great fight because, uh, and the other thing is Kamala only has encyclopedic knowledge on Marvel characters. Ooh, that's right. A DC character would throw her for a loop, she'd wouldn't be like, it? Whoa! She'd be really impressed, but she'd probably be distracted by how interesting he was. She'd be like, <laughs> she'd be trying Mr. Fantastic tricks on him and he'd be like, oh no, bitch. I'm totally- A plastic man. I'm totally different. I'm not Reed Richards. Not by sight. Yeah. So, Can't catch me. Oh, that'd be a fun fight. That'd it'd be, be a fun fight. I, I gotta give it to, to Eel. He's he is gonna he would destroy. Man, him. man, why aren't they doing anything with him? Remember in Forever Evil, they went out of their way to set up the accident that created Plastic Man with Eel O'Brien and everything. Then they never went back to him ever again. Weird, weird. They wouldn't do that. It's frustrating. Jeff Johns was trying hard. He's like, and here, now I'm going to set up the Doom Patrol. Maybe one of you writers want to write it. Okay, now I'm going to set up Plastic Man. Maybe one of you other writers want to... No? No? Nobody wants this? Okay. Well, shit. Yeah. So there you go. That would be an awesome... But I guess while well, we're still talking stretchy heroes here, yeah. I mean, I guess the other two would be Elongated Man v. Reed Richards. And again, I think you kind of got to give it to Reed just because oh, he's smarter. Yeah, Richards just is smarter. He's, he's smarter, he's got more tools. At the end of the day, if it's stretch versus stretch, Reed Richards has his his magnificent brain and his infinite possibilities. Like, he I mean, has he's access like top to, tier. Yeah, he's, he is, he could be one of the most powerful superheroes in, at, at Marvel if he only gave a damn. Yeah, if he wasn't so egotistical and be like, hmm, am I going to leave the Baxter building yeah. today? Well, if he wasn't no. just so distracted. He's like, I got, I, I got families, I gotta keep my wife happy, I gotta, I gotta invent things, I gotta, I gotta friggin' keep the world from falling apart i mean right now he's invent he's he's building universes so yeah, he's literally being sherried of the gods out there seeding the universes yeah so yeah i gotta give it to reed on that one but uh but yeah i mean it would be cool it'd be a cool fight especially because like kamala hasn't been really involved in like a really like you don't really think about when you think of dc versus marvel like let's put her in there like she's 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 up there now i i wonder who uh who would the dc equivalent of her be that they would kind of have to have her fight over in the DC universe. I mean, I guess Jonathan Kent maybe, and even then he's a super boy. That's a rough fight. Yeah, for no, her. no, you want... put it, no, you, you make a you make a Plastic Man. You just say, oh, Plastic Man's always been around. We just never knew about it. He was part of Rebirth. We stole ten yeah. years. That was part of it. Plastic Man was in there. Damn it! Give me back my ten years. Yeah, Plastic Man was in those ten years. <laughs> okay, I guess moving on from there, uh, here, here's another TV-centric matchup, mm. but I think it's a fun one, and it's one many people have been making the comparison to. Uh, Colossus of the X-Men, beloved Russian mutant. Yes. Friend to you and me, versus Citizen Steel, who basically stole his metal gimmick for television. <laughs> and I like Citizen Steel because I liked John's JSA run that he did. And I think Citizen and Commander Steel have wicked awesome costumes. Yeah, they do have wicked awesome costumes. I will give you that. I, I think don't... I think before I actually pitched like Commander Steel versus Captain America because oh. they're both basically just wearing flags. Yeah, they are. The, <laughs> the only difference is, is that Captain America has 75 years worth of history and battles to call upon, where Commander Steel has the brief World War II period that he was in and then nothing else. Yes. Um, while... 
I love Colossus, and I think that Colossus is a badass and super cool and fun. I think he's a better design. I think he's a better character overall. I think Citizen Steel is more powerful than Colossus. He's fought Vandal Savage. He's fought a bunch of those because I'm pretty sure him and the rest of the JSA fought like Black Lantern, like a Black Lantern Superman during Blackest Night 2, and he didn't die. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that while it would be it would be a short fight because i think citizen steel would destroy him <laughs> citizen I, I, steel i'm, I'm is sad a about that but like yeah no i love colossus i think he's one of my favorite one of my favorite x men but no he's, he's been really hard done by recently colossus mhm the, the 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 problem with that is you take a jsa character who was like well they could do anything and they've got mega powers cuz i'm inventing i'm inventing superheroes and then you got colossus who's like i'm a guy and when if i if like i more or less flex a muscle i can be metal <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the thing with Citizen as opposed to Commanders, like, I think he had, like, bad legs or something. I know in the show, they make him, uh, what's that thing where you bleed a lot? A hemophiliac. Hemophiliac. They make him a, yeah. yeah, they make him a hemophiliac. I think in, like, the original GSA, it could be, I think he had, like, bad legs or something. He had, like, uh... <laughs> what, like, Lou Gehrig's disease? Yeah, something like that. And they're like, oh, here, we gave you, we, we gave you this shot here, and it makes you like your granddad, and you can become super heavy and super metal. Okay. Now I, I mean, like the fact that 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 Steel has survived or withstood or gone toe to toe with like major characters in the DC pantheon, um, put him ab above Colossus. Colossus <laughs> just gets hit hard enough, and he's out. I mean, his, his sister can take him out. It's true, and like that's the thing. He gets knocked out a lot. <laughs> so, someone in the chat, Victor Mora, had a good one. Gout? Question mark. Does he have the gout? It might be the gout. I think that's. I think well, because Lou Gehrig's disease affects the entire body, whereas gout is like mostly your legs. So yeah. He had a bad case of the gout, Hector Haywood. There, so they had <laughs> to put some of that into him. Now he's yeah. better. So that one gives it to DC. Uh, ooh, he, he, here's another lady fight here, and here's one ooh. I thought we'd have a good talk about because again, at least one of these characters has risen back up to prominence. Uh, Cheetah. Okay. From Wonder the Wonder Woman, Woman pantheon. Yeah, Wonder Woman villain. The one everyone remembers, yeah. Mm, the one, which is weird that she's the one, right? Yeah. Well, I guess she's the only she one that's interesting looking. <laughs> and she got to be on Super Friends, too, so that probably helps. That helps cement her in the zeitgeist, yeah. Even though that was the lady in a costume version, not the actual cat lady version that we know from the comics. There you go, polio. Thank you, Aaron. It was polio. Polio. Thank you. Polio. Oh, I got the polio. That di Star Wars didn't ruin my childhood. Polio did. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so Cheetah, the Barbara and Minerva version who's really popular now that we know, versus Tigra from oh. the Avengers. Remember Tigra, everybody? I think Ty I, I got I'm Okay. I think Cheetah would normally win. Because she can beat up Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman is pretty goddamn tough. You know what? Yeah, Cheetah would win. But I think Tigra would give her a real fight, because Tigra needs this. <laughs> she needs it. She needs it real bad. <laughs> Tigra's like, I, 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 this, is, this is my whole thing, is that furries masturbate to me. <laughs> the, the wolves are at old Tigra's door. I need this one. I need this bad. I was an Avenger. They had Spider-Man on the Avengers and they didn't call me. <laughs> I need this bad. I have to get, I need one W in my bed, in, in like, you know what I mean? In my, in my belt, under my belt, or I am, or I am gone. I, obscurity will, uh, won't even touch me. Is, is she even doing anything now, Tiger? Or is she just like in, in the margins she now? Is is she is a just... joke. Like, I think that occasionally she will pop up and people, or, I remember, uh, what was it? When they were reforming the Avengers for like the third time after Disassembled. 
they were working on a new team, and I remember Jarvis said, if I may make one suggestion, please not Tigra. <laughs> she is she is just so desperate and such a tramp. And I'm like, whoa! <laughs> remember, well, hey, I mean, I mean, Jarvis ain't entirely wrong. She was having sex with the Hank Pym scrawl. Yeah. That's got to hurt your mind. That's where, that, that's another, that's, a, well, that, that's like literally, hey, anybody object if I make Tigra bang this, this, like, you know, make her a, a casualty in the secret, in the secret this invasion? gross alien monster. Yeah. Um, I think that if Tigra can fight Wonder Woman and not, I'm sorry, if Cheetah can fight Wonder Woman and not die. And the League, too. Then Tigra doesn't have a stand a chance. Plus, Cheetah's been on the Suicide Squad, too, a couple times. Which yeah. I always wish she stayed. I always thought she was yeah, a good a addition good, to I the mean, squad. like, because it's not like... I guess, you know what it is? They're just like, well, we've got to keep her free up because, like, she's the Wonder Woman villain everybody recognizes. And yet, during that whole, like, uh, Azarello run on Wonder Woman, he's like, no, she's not going to fight villains anymore. There's not going to be any more villains. That That's what always bugged me about that thing. That and the fact that his Amazons were so psycho, psycho, you know, freaking insane. Yeah. I never, I never wanted to read that run. I'm like, is it too much to ask for Wonder Woman to fight some villains? Yeah, please. Instead of her I'm, having to, yeah, no. But like, it's more true to her character because she like usually the, the 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 impetus behind Wonder Woman was like want to create a character who like defeats bad guys without just punching them, and it's like that's cool. But at the same time, like, she's a superhero, and if you're going to literally compare her to Superman and Batman, then give her a rogues gallery. And a, and a worthy one. Not just I'm glad, Cersei. <laughs> I'm glad Rucka's trying to fix that. He's actually bringing back a bunch of bunch of villains, most of them ones he invented. Yeah. But characters like, hey, here's, uh, here's Kale, who's basically Wonder Woman's answer to Lex Luthor. Okay. Um... Where does that put our list? Because we gotta, we, if if we have a tie, we should break it, and if we don't, then we should do like one or two more. There you go, Ch- Ch- Chad. Who's been keeping track of these? Yeah, what's the I've, what's I've, the score right now? DC versus Marvel. Please tell me someone was keeping track, because I've totally lost track. Yeah, oh, I do like the matchup of Molly versus Superboy, Jonathan ooh, Kent. Ooh, that's a fun one. Molly beats Superboy in in a in. Well, Molly which, would beat which Superboy. Superboy. Uh, the Jonathan Kent one. Oh yeah, okay. Until. Yeah. Superman showed up because he's. Not- I don't know, man. Because they're saying Jonathan's got a bunch of new powers we don't know about yet, and he's learning them right quick. Yeah, but John's not. John doesn't have the experience. Molly is. Uh, yeah, Molly's. Pretty but I mean, John could make a mistake if his back's up against the corner. You saw how he freaked out against uh, what is it, the Eradicator? Oh yeah, no, John. That's the thing is that up. John can freak out. The problem is Superman's a helicopter dad, so no matter <laughs> sure what, is. you're gonna lose it. Uh, Tom it's helps us out at 7 DC, 6 Marvel. So DC actually beats Marvel right now. Uh, let's do, what, two more as like a tiebreaker kind of thing? Sure. I mean, or like a, just because we have five more minutes left of the show? Sure, let's do that. Let's try and pick a good one. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, let me do a smaller one and then let's end on a big one. Okay, sounds good. Okay, let's do Cyborg. Okay, Cyborg. Versus Deathlock. I think I think Cyborg beats Deathlock. 
they've definitely given Victor more to do recently in terms of like, oh, I can plug into this. My costume actually changes around. It's a biometal. They've reinvented the wheel so many times with Cyborg to try and make him more than just a cyborg. Cyborg was a founding member of the Titans. He has worked with teams. He has been trained by Robin. Like, the dude has the experience, even before DC tried to force him into being a mainstream superhero. Forced him to grow up, which, you know, is sad it's that sad, they forced yeah. him to grow up. That said, I mean, like, Deathlock is a military weapon he does kill, uh, but I think that Deathlock's lack of popularity <laughs> completely right. destroys him. Remember Alice Cott wrote a Deathlock book for a little bit, but it was a new Deathlock. Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, which Deathlock are we going with? There's, so, there's way too many. There's too many. Um... I, I, I think I like Deathlock about as much as I like Cyborg, so this is kind of a fun <laughs> one. But, uh, yeah, I think that I think that Cyborg has become... I mean, Cyborg can open boom tubes, for God's sake. So That's I, I think, pretty good. I think Cy, if Cyborg is given new Genesis technology, then he completely destroys Deathlock. I think Deathlock would give him the fight of his life, though. I would yeah, love I to see saying. it. I mean, like, Deathlock is a badass, and he's, like, lethal and vicious and... And but like at the end of the day, Cyborg the Terminator. Cyborg beats him. Yeah, yeah, that one's kind of fair. Okay, so I saved I saved the big one here for the end. This is one of those fights that people always bring up. I think it's one we could talk endlessly about, and that is Aquaman. Okay. Ugh. Versus Namor the Submariner. Okay. Uh, Two kings of Atlantis. For me, I always thought Namor would win because I think Namor has more is more powerful. I think Namor is stronger than Aquaman. Can Namor fly? I know this is always he a can fly. bone of contention. Yes, he can Namor fly. Okay, can fly. Aquaman can't fly. Yeah, uh, Aquaman can't fly. Namor, I think, is technically stronger than Aquaman. You think so? I Wait, do. In, I think... in, in, in feats of strength, uh, what, what are we talking about here? I mean, like, like, what, what's his big defining feat of yeah, strength? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, here's the thing: I've seen Aquaman get shot and bleed, whereas yeah. I have. I have. Uh, Namor is too dense. Uh, if somebody can hopefully help me out in the chat, but I, I've always maintained, and this is basically just from conversations over the last, like, several years of my life, where it's like, I, I've always heard Namor stronger. I've always heard Namor's, like, a badass. Namor, I mean, like, Namor's literally fought with the Hulk and not died yeah. or been defeated. So, and he's, like, literally one of the oldest Marvel characters of all time. He's the first mutant. Uh, by the way, Live to Rock asks, how can Namor fly? I don't know if you've noticed, but Namor has wings. wings on his feet. And he literally can fly from them. <laughs> Comics are awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, the question is, like, can Aquaman beat bruisers like the Hulk, the Thing, uh, the Juggernaut? I mean, Aquaman in certain universes like Flashpoint and everything else, he's gone punch for punch with the likes of Superman he and Wonder Woman. He can fight Superman, yes. Uh, but I think that if Superman were to cut loose, he would beat Aquaman. Well, I mean, there's that goes for most characters of Superman where but, he cut loose. The Hulk is always cutting loose, and he has not beaten Namor into death. <laughs> but the Squadron Supreme killed him, though. No, he killed the, the Squadron Supreme. Didn't they come back and kill him again? I know they killed him and brought him back, like, very close together. T'Challa killed him. <laughs> okay, all right, T'Challa. Okay, so freaking if Black Panther can kill he him. He used a Wakandan Vibroblade, and by the way, he doesn't die. Uh, right, because he had to come back again. Well, no, but I mean, like, he didn't actually die. Like, he uh, like he was just mortally wounded. 
Um, yeah, I, that's a good question. Reaper asks if the Trident can pierce him. Um, the unlike, Trident can per- pierce most things. But the Trident can probably... I don't know. Is the is the Trident magic? Right now, the Trident is not magic. I think it's actually Atlantean technology. Some Tridents are magic and some Tridents are... Remember yeah, think... very briefly in DCU... They did a whole story where Aquaman went to Poseidon, but, like, the Poseidon from the Wonder Woman book, like, yes. the guy who's a big frog. Yeah, yeah, And he's like, hey, god of the ocean, king of Atlantis here, help me the fuck out, bro. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, bro, here you go. Here's, here's like, oh. a new magic trident that can summon magical lightning and also turn into a sword because swords are fucking sweet. Because, <sighs> like... I know pre-Flashpoint, it was a magic trident. I think it was Poseidon's trident. And then post-New 52, it was just an Atlantean artifact. Yeah. But now he has a magic trident. They, um, keep, they keep going back and forth on it because it's like, well, then what did what did he do with the magic Poseidon trident yeah. if he had it then got rid of it? Yeah. Now, the, the, the fact is, like, the, the war, you know, like, Aquaman might win the war. Mm. But Namor, he's got a better head on his shoulders, I would say, than Namor. Namor is very full of himself. He's, and that he's full of himself. He's quick to he's quick to anger. He's quick to fighting. But Namor will bang Mara. <laughs> you can't stop it one way or another. It's gonna happen. It's the thing. Namor is irresistibly attractive, and he is like like uh, yeah. I, I think we can all agree with an unblemished uh, record of heterosexuality. That's a handsome man, Namor. That's the thing, is that uh, Namor will win the war, ultimately. <laughs> He's like, hey, Marin, you know what? Hey, throw Tula in here, too, while you're at it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, people are using the Hyperion example. Hyperion... Is a, is is an is a, is a, is an iffy issue when you compare him to Superman. I know he's a Superman ripoff or whatever, but like stand in whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, he's uh, but it's not Superman, and we've depowered Superman so much over the last thirty years. You know, pre-Crisis Superman could move mo- could move mo- moons. Post-Crisis Superman could move like the moon. This Superman can't do either of those things now uh now can namor again i never quite could understand this one does he have any level of like aquakinesis or anything can he like control the very water itself or is he just really no, good one i think it? he's just i think he's just an excellent swimmer and i think that he just any like control he has over aqua uh, like aquatic life or the or the elements is through sheer force of will and like douchebaggery <laughs> i am such a douche i command the waves to move he just looks at the waves like mm, and they're like all right jesus christ because if you'll remember in old continuities aquaman actually did have a level of aquakinesis he actually could control the water and the waves and everything yes. but then they kind of took that power away from him and gave it to mara and honestly i think she's better with it she is better with it uh that said you know like while aquaman has like another Aquaman in Mera, like a powerful Atlantean, the people of Atlantis would like have a goddamn fucking meeting about whether they should help him or not. Yeah, Whereas, all the all the red tape. Yeah, well, should we help him fight this Namor guy? I don't know. And should Namor we? would be too busy invading Atlantis with his Atlantean people. The blue who are also guys. blue warriors. Like, it would be a hell of a fight. A better fight than Wakanda versus Atlantis, I'll tell you that much. Those two, two Atlantises, if it's if it's toe for toe Atlantis versus Atlantis, it's Marvel's Atlantis would destroy DC's Atlantis. But I think their leaders, I think Aquaman technically has more friends that are more powerful, and mm-hmm. he has more powers. 
And plus, yeah, exactly. Aquaman's powers are more varied, and he can also do the classic, oh, I'm using my mental powers to summon the goddamn Kraken to come and eat you now. Yeah, I mean, like, in the DC-Marvel crossovers, Aquaman summoned a whale to land on Namor. Just stupid. Yeah. But that said, <laughs> I think if it was an arm wrestling contest, obviously Namor would win, but if it was, an, mm. if it was a fight in the ocean, I think Aquaman would ultimately win, especially if it was DC's ocean. Yeah, that's the that's the interesting thing about this fight too, because it's like, do you have it in water or do you have it out of the water? Because I think out of the water, Namor's just sheer ferocity, I think, would deliver him the fight. Yes, but that's the thing is that like, if you take it out of the water, you remove like anything that makes them special. Because like, exactly, Namor's whole thing is that he's king of Atlantis. If, if you it... move it out of the water, it's just two dudes playing happy slaps. Yeah. Uh, like, if, if Namor can't handle a fight in the water, then what the crap Good is, he? is Namor gonna do about it? I mean, like, that's the thing. Namor, uh, is vicious. He will, he would, he would destroy your kingdom, he'd fuck your wife, but he would ultimately, I think, fall to the sheer amount of powers that Aquaman has. And plus, too, you gotta figure Aquaman, too, has a long story history of fighting guys who are basically just like Namor, his brother Orm, Black Manta, all those other guys who, had they existed elsewhere, would just be Namors. Now, that said, if Namor had access uh, to anything, Namor might win psychologically. Mm, that's right. Again, he's a, he's a nasty bloke, he's that a, Namor. He's, he is a dick, and he's also uns he, he will do anything to win, so... My guess is, like, you know, like, if, if you watch what he did in uh, in Everything Dies, I mean, like, the fact is, Namor would be like, I'll destroy your whole goddamn city before I lose. Like, you... you... I, I have destroyed worlds. I hooked up with the Cabal to go and destroy other yeah. worlds just because I, I thought I could. Yeah, I will raise your city to the ground. You may win, but you'll be, you'll be the ruler of a graveyard. Ooh, and Aquaman would be like, oh, ho, ho, you got it, man. I'm sorry. That was awesome. <laughs> That was pretty cool. Dang. So, yeah. And then I'll bang your wife. On, <laughs> on the skulls of the dead. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a fucking amazing fight. It's a fight that, like, we did that we deserved and have never received. So, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a crossover, Atlantis versus Atlantis. I mean, like, you if you wanted to do, like, a one-panel reveal, like they did in AV, like, Avengers versus JLA, the question of, like, who would win in a fight? Batman Punisher. It's answered in two panels. Batman sees Punisher, and then Plastic Man's like, Batman beat Punisher. Like, that's it. <laughs> if you wanted to see, like, what would uh, what would Namor do in the Marvel... In, uh, what would Namor do in the DC Universe? It would be like, Namor would be in the DC Universe. Like, Namor would see Atlantis, and there'd be just an image of, of Namor in Aquaman's throne, running the place. <laughs> it's mine now. He just... He would run it. It would be a fight, and he'd be... But, like, I think that he could also probably... He would end the, the the conflicts within the country. He'd be like, "You run, I run this place now." He'd be like, "Hey, Atlantean Council of Elders, guess what? You're all hung now." He'd be like, "Who is causing the problems? Because Let's you're dead them. now." It's true, you know, and that's what I always like about the new Aquaman stories, especially early on when he was dealing with those Atlantean terrorists and everyone's saying, well, why don't you just execute them, Aquaman? Yeah. And he's like, no, we got to show them a better way. And in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, you got to show them a better way. And if you did execute them, you would just be Namor. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think which is which is my problem with the movie version too. I'm like, that's not Aquaman. That's crappy Namor. That's crappy Namor. That's Namor on the Justice League, and you're not gonna get is that. So all it is, and that doesn't work. Yeah. So I think DC wins this whole fight. I think DC takes it. I think it's nine to seven or yeah. Or nine in the last couple, it, it was close near the end. Yeah. Here's the thing: no matter what, we win because any of these fights would be fu- would be really fun to see. It'd be so awesome. Yeah, we're um, not doing this in a what one is better than the other one way. We're doing it in a, oh, man, wouldn't it be fucking sweet if... Yeah, it'd be very sweet, and also, like... Yeah, I'm not just do. I'm not telling you that... Like, we're not coming up with these answers because, like, I have favoritism for one or one character or another. It's just what we think is big nerds. Exactly. Yeah. So there you go, 8-7 eight eight, eight, in DC. You know That's what? Pretty... That's not bad considering the market share no. right now. I mean... <laughs> That we still think, like, yeah, these characters would still win, though. Yeah, like, DC is crushing Marvel in sales, and yet, uh, 8 to 7, not bad. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, the Infinity Effect had a good one. Aquaman equals Caesar, while Namor equals Genghis Khan. Yeah. That's, that's pretty the thing. fair. The other question is, what t- what period in time for Namor? Because uh, Namor might have an Infinity Stone, and he yeah, would use and- it in a heartbeat. <laughs> And Aquaman might have a water hand and be all magical and shit. Like, what's, what's Namor's thing for magic? Because Aquaman has been long... Is he? Because there's been long periods of time where Aquaman has just been straight up magic. I don't think... It's not like Superman where he's he's vulnerable to magic. Namor's just powerful. He's like, I don't care if you're a ghost or an Atlantean <sighs> or a guy. Like, I'll punch you. <laughs> I fuck ghosts for breakfast. Yeah, like, I think that'd be... Yeah. If, I mean, if it was... If, if they if Namor was in, was the guardian of the Power Stone, it's a totally different fight. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So there you go, guys. That that was another installment of our, uh, of our, of our Versus series, where we just take a bunch of different cool battles uh, based on similar criteria and see who would win based on uh, only our own nerd cred and, of course, the participation of the chat along with the episode. The, the chat was really good in this so, one. The chat so was an MVP. Yeah. We're incredibly thankful for you guys. Uh, Joel, what's happening on Cape Joel before we head out? Well, if you head on over to the channel right now, you can find the newest episode of The Comic Multiverse, which is the show I do with Matt. We talk about some fun and funny topics there. It's our first post-election episode, so we get to have some fun laughs at the expense of that over there. Nice. And uh, if you keep your eyes peeled to the channel later tonight, probably around midnight because that's kind of my new schedule now, I'll have a review of Thanos number one coming out. That was a cool book. Cool. I got to read Thanos because I read a whole bunch of books this week. The winner is Superman number 11, but I got to nice. uh, I gotta see where, how, how Thanos comes along. I heard great I things. I have that so. up in front of me. Oh, man, man. You know who's going to love the shit out of this? Rob. Because oh. it's so Marvel cosmic. Yeah, no question. I just read it and I'm like, man, Rob's going to love this shit. <laughs> Well, over they bring on... in characters where I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? And I had to Google him and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like, Well, actually, is. I know exactly who that is. Um, <laughs> well, Joel, sit down and we'll explain it. I hope at the end of this conversation you'll yeah. understand it a little better. Peace. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I do understand that. Yeah. So there you, you have it. should make these into videos. Um, in addition to that, uh, over here on Comic Pop, uh, back issues will be released in the next couple of hours. It will be on DC's Convergence. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, and, of course, uh, coming up, we've got a letters page and another episode of uh, the uh, the Comic Pop cooking show starring Tiffany. Really looking forward to this one. Joel, I think you're going to really like this one as well. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Green Arrow's Famous Chili. Oh, nice. I was so excited and so happy you guys got to use the Captain Canuck syrup in a video. I, I marked out, I fanned out, like, hey, they got to use the syrup. I yeah, gave them. Nice. not only that, like, and the recipe calls for uh, 
maple syrup. And we're like, well, we happen to have <laughs> some highly recommended maple syrup right here. It came in uh, very handy. And it, I, and it was invaluable. The, the wheat cakes would not have been nearly as delicious without the maple syrup. Jesus, when I meet you guys again next year for New York or maybe even another con sooner if stuff works out, I'm really going to have to work hard to try and top that gift because I just can't keep giving you syrup every time. No, it's true. we got to work it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. think of something different. I'm like, uh, hot sauce, I guess. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yes, Green Arrow has a famous chili. It is, uh, it, or infamous, depending on uh, your interpretation, how much yeah. you like spice. It, it's it's so hot, not even Superman can eat it. That's right. But uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for watching or listening, and we'll see you guys next week with another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, don't forget, of course, to check us out here on Comic Pop for five videos every week, and of course, go to J uh, Cape Joel for even more. So we'll see yeah. you guys next time. Thanks a lot for watching. So long. Bye -bye. Alan Scott out. Bye. <laughs> Bye, <-bye. laughs>